It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather. And he who controls the weather will control the world. West Coast Rainpocalypse. Is it real? Is it everything it's sensationalized as being, or in many aspects, engineered deception? Stay tuned and find out. While the most populated portions of America shivered in the manufactured holiday season, end of the year surface flash freeze, Europe endured its warmest winter temperatures in recorded history. Literally thousands of seasonal high temperature records were shattered. Nighttime lows were comparable to summertime temperatures. How many in America heard a word about it? Is it a part of the plan that they didn't? Weather and temperature whiplash scenarios are the hallmark of covert climate intervention operations. Stay tuned. Weather, climate, and environmental everything is off the rails and unraveling all over the world. Geoengineeringwatch.org has been trumpeting this dire warning for a decade and a half. Now that the oncoming train a.k.a. the truth, can no longer be rationally denied, mainstream sources are getting closer to acknowledging reality. Let's start with this. Humanity isn't sustainable. 60 Minutes airs apocalyptic predictions to bring in the new year. Question, is it even remotely rational to believe that criminal governments would ask for public permission before deploying climate engineering operations in a last desperate attempt to maintain their power and control until the last possible moment? Answer, no. Of course, the global controllers have long since done so. They're completely committed to the geoengineering nightmare. They'll do everything in their power to keep the public from waking up to the insanity in our skies and on many other fronts until the last possible moment. From ClimateAlert.com, a parallel headline, near-term human extinction goes mainstream on CBS 60 Minutes, the vanishing wild sixth mass extinction. Reports as extinction rates today are moving at roughly 100 times the rate typically seen in Earth's 4 billion year known history of supporting life. If humans don't drastically course correct, where have I heard that before? The havoc we're wreaking on the planet will very unpleasantly do so for us. It's a grim warning, but one that other experts are echoing. First, if only it was just 100 times the background rate of extinction. In fact, it is 15,000 times the background rate currently. So as bad as that last headline sounded, reality is far worse. Let's continue. From numerous sources, Stanford scientists warn that civilization as we know it will end in, quote, next few decades, end quote. That's closer to the truth, but still far too optimistic. On the current course, civilization as we know it will likely not make the middle of the decade, this decade. And to clarify, so no one misunderstands, I'm not saying that everyone will necessarily be gone by mid-decade, but the current paradigm will likely be. I will be very surprised if it's not, if we make it that far. Next, from futurism.com, humanity is very busily sitting on a limb that we're sawing off. That's their headline. From the report, that grim reality, according to researchers, means that even if humans manage to survive in some capacity, the wide-reaching impacts of mass extinction 
which include habitat destruction, breakdowns in the natural food chain, soil infertility, and more, would cause modern human society to crumble into oblivion. That's all from the Futurism.com report, and it's not about would crumble, is crumbling. Next, this week, new from Popular Science, humans will soon go extinct unless we can find five more Earths. The human race has literally altered the chemical composition of the atmosphere while simultaneously contaminating the entire surface of the Earth. What could go wrong? And the practice of resource extraction from modern industrialized militarized society is killing our host by the day. And above it all, the climate engineering insanity rages on. For how many years has geoengineeringwatch.org tried to sound the alarm? Why did it take mainstream media 15 years to catch up? I'll get to more breaking headlines in a moment, the kind that paint an accurate picture of the horizon we face. This is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org. You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the end of the world as we know it broadcast, commercial-free, non-political, and covering the most dire and immediate threats we collectively face. Moving on. We, the human race, have breached numerous planetary boundaries. The formerly thriving host planet that we have known is no more. There's no going back in any time frame that matters. Now we must focus on salvaging Earth's remaining life support systems. And if that battle isn't worth fighting for with every fiber of our being, then what is? Global climate intervention operations are raging in the skies above us all, above every living thing that's struggling to survive the already unfolding abrupt ecological collapse of planetary systems. In regard to the climate intervention weather warfare onslaught and mainstream media's attempt to spin and sensationalize the results, are we actually being told the truth about the weather? Does that question even deserve an answer? First, breaking sensationalized headlines from the formerly dried and fried U.S. West from AccuWeather.com this week. Bomb cyclone to unleash life-threatening flooding in California. And another, deadly combination of bomb cyclone, atmospheric river drenches West Coast. That report states an atmospheric river intensified into a bomb cyclone, quote, walloping the West Coast with hurricane-strength winds and flooding downpours. Next, from NPR, California holds its breath as an atmospheric river and bomb cyclone approach. From that report, Governor Gavin Newsom signed a statewide emergency declaration Wednesday morning to help agencies send aid and resources where they're needed. Rainfall is predicted to reach two to four inches on the coast and in the valleys. Does that really sound like something so apocalyptic? Two to four inches of rain? This gets worse and worse, and by the way, Gavin Newsom knows all about climate engineering, as I've stated on this broadcast so many times, presented irrefutable data in his office at the Capitol with his aide, and yet he continues to pretend he's protecting his population from these weather cataclysms. From AccuWeather, live, massive storm, again, the word wallops, wallops California, and quote, turns deadly, and this, California no longer experiencing exceptional drought, this report states, again from this week, a headline of total deception, though the controllers would like the majority to buy the, quote, everything's fine now, delusion. 
One more, hyperactive Pacific storm train to keep slamming California. There are dozens of these types of headlines. Finally, a dash of truth from an unlikely source, the Redding Searchlight in Redding, California. California storms, Lake Shasta 34% full, that part's true. Then it says, could we see water levels rise way up? The report then states, while all the rain that fell in December helped raise the level of a parched-looking Lake Shasta, the series of winter storms failed to generate the massive inflows of water into the state's largest reservoir. Yes, failed. That is the right word. Part of the plan. Create the illusion of statewide flooding. With all these headlines, you'd think that everyone in California needed fins and a snorkel to survive here. And that is absolutely not true. In reality, select regions are being targeted, flooded, and all the media coverage sensationalizes those regions. At least that's been the scenario so far. That could change. The climate engineers control the spigot. How much it rains, where it rains, and how toxic that rain will be. The report just mentioned, again from the record searchlight, that acknowledged the failure of the sensationalized rainpocalypse to meaningfully raise the state's largest reservoir, i.e. Lake Shasta, was authored by one David Binda. For the record, I know Mr. Binda and have had to deal with him in the past. Previously, he's made every effort to make it his mission to try and discredit the most solid science on the issue of climate engineering, specifically from geoengineeringwatch.org. Information and community presentations in the Reading area that, in fact, revealed a decade or more ago exactly what has happened. Here's a question for Mr. Binda. How will the citizens you claim to serve feel when they finally discover that you were a willing part of the criminal climate engineering cover-up? Perhaps we'll soon see. The sensationalized flow of moisture in the West has been systematically bombarded with climate engineering aerosol seeding. We can see this on satellite imagery. Chemical ice nucleation elements that augment unnatural, temporary, and toxic surface cooldowns while scattering much of the moisture over vast swaths of the western U.S., creating featureless cloud canopy with little to no rain in so many regions further inland and greatly reducing precipitation in many parts of California where, again, mainstream media has led us to believe were deluged day after day after day. As already mentioned, a case in point, my location in the wilderness on the east side of Lake Shasta, part of the Lake Shasta drainage basin, for almost the whole of this week, extending back to New Year's Eve, the grand total of rain in this historically rain-soaked region was just over one inch. Think about that. The weather makers trained moisture flows into specific regions of California, creating isolated flooding, which they then portrayed as a statewide event, which it wasn't. Power structure-controlled media did exactly the same at the end of 2021. Heavily hyped California's snowpocalypse storms, far above normal western mountain snowpack, they told us. And then what happened? The weather makers turned off the spigot for the literal entire winter in my Shasta County Wilderness location. Not a drop from late December 2021 till April of 2022. In that window of time, historically, there should have been about 50 inches of rain where I live. Not a drop. 
The forest die-off in the last year, not surprisingly, has accelerated unbelievably. Worse, the rain that is allowed to fall is toxic. Not in my opinion, lab test proven fact. Aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, polymer fibers, graphene, surfactants, that foaming rain that many have now begun to recognize, thankfully, which also makes for the what amounts to soap-soaked snow. Surfactants are used by the climate engineers to reduce the coagulation of the sprayed particulates, to keep them from sticking together to each other. The bigger the particle, as they coagulate, the faster they fall. Something they want to avoid, and they don't care about the consequences of what they spray. They never have. They don't care about the consequences of detonating 2,400 nuclear bombs in the atmosphere or fracking and permanently poisoning groundwater. How many Americans are willing to go along with it? How many times on how many mainstream media stations have we heard drill, 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 frack, 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 with no consideration of the consequences of poisoning groundwater forever? not to mention the seismic activity they're creating, not to mention putting that much carbon into the atmosphere, which is a problem. Yes, CO2 is necessary, of course, but you can't change atmospheric chemistry that fast without horrific results. Just like water is essential, we can only survive one or two days without it. Go 10 feet underwater and see how long you live. Not long. The real field temperatures that are now shown on so many climate engineering cover-up entities like the Weather Channel. In parts of Northern California, we're 15 degrees lower than the ambient temperatures this week. Why? Chemically nucleated rain. Feels very cold on the skin, to the touch. It's an unnatural cold feeling in the atmosphere. And what happens when the chemical ice nucleation operations are conducted long enough? Frozen material begins to fall from the sky, which I won't dignify with the term snow, this is engineered winter, and the temperatures of this frozen material can be much lower than the ambient temperature. And the longer these operations go on, the colder the surface temperatures get. It's like putting more ice in an icebox, chemically nucleated frozen material. What comes after the temporary and toxic engineered winter weather? From the Washington Post this week. Burst of bewildering winter warmth sets numerous records in eastern U.S., and let's not forget the record warmth in Europe, which I'll get to. But this report from the Washington Post continues with this. Less than two weeks removed from a Christmas-time Arctic blast for the ages, much of the eastern United States has been bathing in record warmth. The current warm spell peaked Wednesday morning of this week with low temperatures at least 20 to 30 degrees above normal from Alabama to Michigan, extending east into the mid-Atlantic. What do they mean low temperatures, 20 to 30 degrees above more normal? They're talking about nighttime lows, which are rising globally twice as fast as daytime highs. Why? Because the blanket around the planet, greenhouse gases and climate intervention elements, which can block some temporary daytime heating at the cost of a worsened overall warming, it's trapping heat. When you continue to trap heat, the thermal energy buildup escalates higher and higher and higher, and that's happening. We're in a runaway event right now. This is exactly the scenario of the rapid rebound heating. It's exactly what geoengineeringwatch.org said was scheduled to occur from two weeks ago, a whiplash warm-up. Here's a summary headline to consider from last week. Super straight jet stream will cause localized weather chaos worldwide. If you don't think the climate engineers are at the core of the scenario just mentioned, time to wake up. Please, please wake up. 
not asking anyone to believe me or anything stated in this broadcast. I'm asking for honest, objective investigation. What else? The proverbial dominoes are falling across the board. Also from this week, the coming financial collapse of Social Security. No, not just Social Security, society as a whole. And it's not just a question of if, but when. It's inevitable and now close. But again, we're told that so-called renewable energy will save us from self-extermination, right? From Gothamist.com, this giant offshore wind turbines take shape as New Jersey turns on major manufacturing plant. The report states, despite the concerns of environmental groups about the impacts of increased shipping on the river, the port is now expanding to handle these enormous offshore wind towers. What a total environmental disaster all this is. What a monumental deception. Please, if you haven't seen it yet, view Planet of the Humans. It's available for free online. And understand what so-called renewable energy really is. It is better than the straight-out burning of carbon fuels, but it's not much more ultimately than a carbon fuel extender. The report continues, industry and state leaders view the Paulsboro site as the first of many land-based manufacturing and operational facilities in South Jersey, supporting a new industry that's expected to see more than $150 billion of capital investment over the next 13 years toward manufacturing, installing, and maintaining massive wind farms up and down the Atlantic coast. Globally, the International Energy Agency expects offshore wind energy will be a trillion-dollar industry by 2040. It will never happen. You can quote me on that. We won't make 2030. In fact, again, total paradigm capsizing will likely occur before 2025. That doesn't mean nobody's left. I think personally we'll be lucky again to reach the end of this year without major shoes dropping. And here's the point to remember with that. It doesn't mean you wake up overnight and the planet stops supporting life. It doesn't mean that, although that's happening extraordinarily rapidly. What it means is when the power structure can no longer hide the gravity and immediacy of what's unfolding, before the populations panic, they will play very big cards, and that point is likely very, very close. They're already playing some very big cards, but they have bigger cards. Wait and see. Again, this reminder headline from earlier in this broadcast, we would need five more planet Earths if everyone were to live like Americans. Our children have no future on the current course, none, nor do the rest of us for that matter. The predator class is making sure of that. This is the first installment of the end of the world as we know it broadcast for 2023. Here's a quick rundown of where we stand. 200 to 300 species of animals, plants, and insects are going extinct every single day. The species extinction rate today is 15,000 times the background rate. That's one and a half million percent of normal. Nothing normal about that. Two-thirds of Earth's original pre-civilization tree cover is gone. The rest is dying by the day. No trees, no people. Plankton populations are crashing. Recent peer-reviewed science study revealed a 90% crash of Atlantic plankton. Earth's remaining oceans are in a similar condition. No plankton, no people. Earth's oceans, taken as a whole, are already in an advanced state of total die-off. 500-plus dead zones that are expanding around the world. 90% of pelagic fish populations, the food fish, are dead. 
gone. Tuna, 98% gone. We know that the snow crabs, 11 billion of them, gone. Canfield Ocean is what's unfolding. A superheated, lifeless, deoxygenated, stratified dead zone. Oceans die, we die. Insect populations that used to be all over windshields for cars that drove up the agricultural regions in California, now no more. Overall, an 80 to 90% decline in terrestrial and aquatic insect life. No insects, no people. Earth's atmospheric oxygen content is plummeting. The two primary forms of the planet's oxygen production, trees and plankton, are imploding, as just covered. The entire planet has been ubiquitously poisoned, completely contaminated. Recent peer-reviewed studies have confirmed that there isn't a single uncontaminated drop of rain anywhere on the planet. PFAS forever chemicals are in all of it, along with the long list of highly toxic climate intervention elements. Our food supply has been completely contaminated as well, not just from toxic rain, but from the intentional addition of nanoparticle additives in some 2,500 primary food sources. The FDA is looking the other way, as they're instructed to do, by the money printers, the ultimate controllers of the matrix. These public protection agencies, FDA, EPA, their job is not to actually alert the public to threats, but to hide them. For those that have not researched the ramification of nanoparticle ingestion and inhalation, please take the time to do so. These particles are so unimaginably small that over 60,000 of them can fit across the width of a human hair. They cross the blood-brain barrier and every other cellular barrier in the body, infiltrating everything. Recent studies indicate that we may be inhaling as many as 20 million nanoparticles with every breath we take. Not just industrialized pollution, although that's a part of the mix, I grant. But when we're into the manufactured nanoparticle category, climate engineering fallout, tens of millions of tons of it annually, are the majority of that most toxic atmospheric aerosol mix. Particles that no official air testing agency even looks for, let alone discloses. Again, aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, polymer fibers, surfactants, graphene, the list goes on and on. Engineered nanoparticles are now ubiquitous in the environment. They are in everything. More breaking dire headlines in a moment, but first, this question. How are we to cope with a tidal wave of near-term extinction looming over us all? This is how. From the Stoic philosopher Marcus Euralius from almost 2,000 years ago. The first rule is to keep an untroubled spirit. The second rule is to look things in the face and to know them for what they are. Summary, the hallmark of a healthy mind is an unyielding determination to face the truth no matter how dire that truth is. I've been slogging forward in this fight for 20 straight years. I can't do otherwise. My conscience won't let me. And I'm often asked, what do I do to cope with being immersed in so much bad news all the time? This is how. By first remembering what's in my control and what isn't. I focus only on what is. And next, by a continual exercising of perspective, philosophy, and faith every single day. Consider that if one wants to maintain a healthy body, you can't do it by eating right on a single occasion and working out for a single day and then thinking you're in shape and good to go 
from now on. It doesn't work that way. I do cardio and resistance training every single day, just as I do my best to practice perspective, philosophy, and faith every single day on the rare, clear days when there's little or no spraying in our skies. I can practice all the above at the same time while trekking across the ridges and canyons of the wilderness that surrounds my off-grid home. My surveying of the state of the forest, of the remaining wildlife. For each of us, for all of us, it's essential to exercise body, mind, and spirit to always remember what's in our control and what isn't. Focus on what is. If we collectively hold to such a compass heading, we may yet accomplish profound good even at this late hour. Only one way to find out. Moving on from Newsweek.com this week, NASA warns methane is being belched from newly formed lakes. Brand new lakes, the report says, are spewing out clouds of methane that are appearing in Alaska. It's not only the lakes, but also from the seafloor. And from the tundra, massive craters blowing out. I've talked about this in broadcast after broadcast. This is an incredibly dire harbinger, an existential threat by itself. There's enough methane in the Arctic, methane hydrate and clathrate. If it releases in any significant quantity, this planet will no longer be habitable. Perhaps this is the planet's life support systems responding. Perhaps it's had enough, unless we change our course. Again, climate intervention operations with their heat-trapping particulates are making the entire scenario I just described far worse overall, not better. When we combine the climate engineering operations with the buildup of methane in the atmosphere, the buildup of industrialized pollution of other greenhouse gases like CO2, nitrous oxide, we face a runaway thermal energy buildup on the planet. On that theme... Another headline this week, multiple sources, title, Absolute Madness, Record-Shattering Heat Dome Hits Europe. And let's add the ionosphere heaters to this scenario, too, because that's what is inducing these heat domes, which the climate engineers use to steer upper-level wind currents, which in turn steers moisture currents. From this report, quote, it's the most extreme event ever seen in European climatology. Nothing stands close to this. A quote from the Times of London said this, There are too many records to count, literally thousands. Overnight minimum temperatures are like summer. Direct quote, London Times. I made mention of that earlier in this broadcast. Nighttime low temperatures rising twice as fast as daytime highs. That's indicative of everything I just described. The multiple factors that are combining to trap the thermal energy buildup on the planet, which is now increasing at the thermal energy rate of seven Hiroshima bombs per second. Please don't believe me. Please look up exactly what I just stated. From theweathernetwork.com, this extreme winter warmth shatters thousands of records in Europe. That's a parallel headline from that report. Europe is coming out of a remarkable midwinter heat wave that shattered thousands of temperature records across the continent. Thousands of daily all-time monthly heat records have fallen in countries across Europe, with nearly a thousand of those records falling in Germany alone. Poland's Institute of Meteorology and Water Management, that's the IMGW, tweeted last Sunday that the heat blanketing the country is, quote, an unprecedented situation, end quote. A significant ridge of high pressure that built over Europe is the cause. Ionosphere heater dome of high pressure. And yet we have the whole of the so-called meteorological community pretending they don't know what's happening. 
From AccuWeather.com, same theme, unusual warmth in Europe forces thousands of ski resorts to shut down. From that report, Europe has endured a stretch of staggering warmth since the end of 2022 that has left ski slopes that are typically bustling with winter sports enthusiasts barren with more patches of grass than snow. And this from Down Under. Western Australia experienced record-breaking heat in 2022. Could 2023 be the same? No, it won't be the same. It will be worse. While mainstream media distracts, divides, and polarizes populations, how many are even slightly aware of what's actually unfolding around the world? Or what's occurring in our skies, the atrocities in our skies, the climate engineering insanity? More breaking reports in a moment. You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the bad news broadcast, installment number 387, January 7th, 2023, a year that will bring changes as of yet unimaginable to all but the completely awake and aware. This is Dane Wigington, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations known as geoengineering. The commercial-free, non-political Global Alert News Hour is now broadcast on AM and FM stations in Florida, Texas, two stations in San Francisco, Sacramento, San Diego, two Colorado stations including Denver, Portland, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Santa Cruz, San Bernardino, California, Washington State, Alabama, Columbus, Ohio, New York State, two stations in the far north of California, Tucson, Arizona, and the Carolinas, north and south. Geoengineeringwatch.org wishes to express our deepest gratitude to those that have helped us to expand our reach and our voice in this desperate last hour effort to sound the alarm. On that subject, if you're on our email list, please put us on your email contact book so that our mail-outs don't go into the spam files. Please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary, The Dimming, which fully exposes the climate engineering atrocities. Now, with over a million views on YouTube, this is perhaps the single most important tool we have in this battle. The best way to share this is by circulating the direct link to the dimming by email directly from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship. When viewing our YouTube of the dimming or Global Alert News or any other geoengineeringwatch.org video on YouTube, please subscribe, share, and comment, all of which helps us to circulate critically important data to a much wider audience. And about reaching those that are still not looking up, Geoengineering Watch awareness raising materials can be found on our homepage. Our only goal, to provide activists what they need to move this fight forward. There's very high quality printed materials that we pass on for less than our total cost of producing and shipping. Our new Geoengineering Watch hoodies are now in stock, available for ordering. Stay warm while sharing awareness and sounding the alarm. Also our new Geoengineering Watch shirts, both with very high quality four color images on both sides. The image is of a C-17 US military tanker descending down over the planet and spraying. A dimming sun is in the background with this caption, stop climate engineering, investigate. And below that, geoengineeringwatch.org, so they can find a source of information to do that investigation. Scannable business cards and bumper stickers, all effective tools to help strike up a conversation on the climate engineering issue. Waking the masses to the climate engineering onslaught in our skies is the great imperative of our time. If we can expose it, we can stop it from the inside out as we awaken our military brothers and sisters to what they're participating in, i.e. their own demise and ours. 
One more footnote, if you want to share a picture with a Geoengineering Watch t-shirt or hoodie, perhaps at a gym, farmer's market, or busy street downtown, please send your photo to us so that we can post it as part of our activist compilation, which is now part of our materials page. The images encourage others to make their voices heard in this all-important battle to sound the alarm. Back to the wider horizon, the one that too few are willing to face. How bad might it get? And how soon? From ArcticNews.com, a huge temperature rise threatens to unfold soon. The report continues, there are many further developments and feedbacks. These are feedback loops in which there are likely up to 50 already triggered on the planet. These are positive feedback loops. Positive does not mean good in this case. One primary example, again, the methane release, which I spoke about earlier, as the planet heats and formerly frozen methane deposits in the tundra and on seafloors, thaws and releases and goes into the atmosphere, which spreads out, covers the planet like a layer of glass, trapping more heat, releasing more methane. The system feeds on itself. The Arctic News report then says this as part of what's adding to the heating. Quote, the falling away of the aerosol masking effect. That is where total deception, covert selling of climate engineering operations is being pushed by the Arctic News Science Group when they are pretending, first, that climate engineering isn't going on, and second, claiming that industrialized pollution particulates in the atmosphere, again, the vast majority of which are actually climate engineering, that if this stops, it's going to make the climate system worse, not better. And I would argue all available data makes clear that is absolutely not true. And how can we believe this kind of a statement from a group of so-called scientists that doesn't admit to the climate engineering elephant in the room and doesn't acknowledge any, any of the negative effects of aerosol spraying in the atmosphere. Yes, temporary toxic cooling at the cost of a worsened warming, trapping more heat than it deflects, which recent science study bears out, destruction of the ozone layer, complete derailment of the hydrological cycle, and total ubiquitous contamination of the entire planet, and they reference none of that. They simply make the claim that if all the toxic particles fall from the sky, we're going to be worse off, which is a blatant, glaring lie. Total deception. All of us must learn to sift the baby from the bathwater. With any source, the truth is often combined with lies and deception. So here we have this group of so-called Arctic scientists from the ArcticNews.com website covertly pushing climate engineering. And some of what they say is accurate on this site, based on the data we have, that we're in a runaway climate collapse scenario, that in fact this report itself states that temperatures may rise as much as 18.44 degrees C over pre-industrial temperatures by 2026. What would that mean? It would mean we are long gone, all of us. It is generally considered that a rise of Three degrees C over pre-industrial is enough to exterminate our species, to cause the extinction of the human race. And we are likely past three and a half degrees C right now. But we don't know, we can't know, how profound the planet's response will be if we free it from the climate engineering insanity, again, which this group of so-called scientists continues to deny. Here's one more excerpt from this ArcticNews.com report. The situation is dire and threatens to turn catastrophic soon. The right thing to do now, they say, 
is to help avoid or delay the worst from happening through action as described in the climate plan, their climate plan. And what is their climate plan that the Arctic scientists propose? Climate engineering. Again, as if it's not already been fully deployed for over 75 years with catastrophic results. Welcome to the asylum. For the record, again, frontline data indicates we're already past three and a half degrees C of warming, past the projected planetary boundary that holds human extinction in the balance. An extinction doesn't happen overnight. When you crash your car through the guardrail, that in and of itself doesn't kill you. But as you're hurling through the air toward the bottom of the canyon, the inevitability of what's coming should be clear. And yet, so many don't see it coming. Programming, delusion, and denial continue to completely blind most to what is not just coming, but already unfolding. The human race has crashed through the proverbial guardrail. Of course, governments all over the world are neck deep in climate engineering operations with many agendas from controlling food production to masking the true degree of planetary warming by engineering short-term highly toxic surface cooldowns, aka engineered winter. This keeps the majority of populations divided and confused in regard to the true severity of unfolding planetary meltdown. For anyone that's paying attention to the mainstream media climate engineering cover-up actors known as meteorologists, Weather Channel is one primary example. They all work from the same script, sensationalizing the engineered weather with the same talking points. If they don't, they're out of work. Moving on, next headline from Climate Action Australia. Ice sheets and glaciers are melting. Scientists fear this will be the source of catastrophic rising sea levels. What else would be the source of that? Yes, there are other factors. There's thermal expansion of the ocean. There's glacial rebound, but that's still connected to glaciers melting. Glacial rebound is, for example, when the massive weight of the ice sheet is lifted off a landmass like Greenland. That landmass begins to rise up out of the ocean, which displaces even more seawater. And those that don't think it's happening or are trying to convince themselves that it's not, you're not looking very closely. There's film footage from around the world that is absolutely indisputable. I'm not asking anybody to believe Al Gore. I don't believe Al Gore. Al Gore is the epitome of what's wrong in the world. He played such a hypocrite, owning stock in the companies he claimed to be fighting, that he made intelligent people have so much disdain for him that they take the opposite position of anything he says without any investigation. And that's not rational. Is it as bad as Al Gore has stated? No. No, it's exponentially worse than anything Al Gore has stated or any of the other so-called environmental groups that refuse to acknowledge the climate engineering elephant in the equation, which is in and of itself the single most destructive human activity of all, single greatest and most immediate threat we collectively face, short of nuclear cataclysm. How many have heard online sources say that polar ice is at record highs. That's a blatant deception. First, let's rewind to March 11, 2022 from the journal Nature. Antarctic sea ice hits lowest minimum on record. In April of last year, another record low from Scientific American. Antarctic sea ice hits lowest minimum on record. And this week from Severe Weather Europe, Antarctic sea ice extent hits a new record low. More on this theme 
Currently, right now, today, overall global sea ice, all-time record low. Though at the end of the melt season last year, officially, Arctic sea ice was the ninth lowest. That is total deception. Chemical ice nucleation, sea surface ice nucleation, skewed the equation radically. And now official sources consider any part of the Arctic Ocean that's 15% slush or more to be sea ice. Isn't that still 85% ocean? They make it up as they go at this point. The polar regions are imploding. Why is that so important? Because they are the air conditioners of the planet. Again, think of your ice chest. If you're on a camping trip, especially in the summer, the moment that ice is gone, everything in that ice box superheats, and that's exactly the track we're on. The polar regions are melting. Once that ice is gone, the ice reflects 90% of the sun's incoming thermal energy. The dark seawater absorbs 90%. Everything goes exponential. We're back to a feedback loop. The methane scenario I mentioned, now you have superheating oceans. That heats the seafloor even faster, even more methane, even more heating, more release. It all feeds on itself, runaway event. That's the path we're on. Many are still choosing to completely deny this scenario, but it's exactly what's happening in climate engineering has tried to cover it up and confuse and divide the population again by engineering these flash cooldowns, which are followed, as I started this broadcast with, flash warm-ups that are getting worse and worse and worse every time they happen. So what's the solution from those in power? Of course, double down on what they've been doing, which caused much of the problem in the first place from multiple sources. This headline from this week, Climate Geoengineering, Scientists Say Slow Down, at least some pushback. This is a reference to the White House, which set into motion five-year outline for research into climate interventions, as if they're not already going on. Those include methods such as seeding the upper atmosphere with light-scattering particles, solar radiation management. Let's just pretend it's not going on. How else do the powers that be distract populations? With absurdities from the so-called science community again. Consider this example has to be referenced. This very recent U.S. patent from November 10th of last year. Very recent. It's patent number 2022035525, titled Aeronautical Car and Associated Features. You have to listen to this to even comprehend this kind of idiocy. Aeronautical car may include, this is a flying car they're referring to, a weather manipulation device such as a nozzle mounted on an aeronautical car for spreading cloud seeding materials such as silver iodide, aluminum oxide, and barium to a cloud. Direct quote from the patent. Really? We need to have a fantasy flying car to spray climate engineering elements? Pay no attention to the parade of jet aircraft in our skies day in and day out, relentlessly spraying our skies, jets with wing nozzles as film footage and close-up photos conclusively prove. The new U.S. patent continues with this, quote, storm interference devices may be configured to generate waves of energy at certain frequencies and direct the waves of energy toward clouds for interfering with the formation of storms. Storm interference devices may include a wave generator configured to generate a wave of energy at a selected frequency or frequency spectrum. For example, the report says, the, the patent says, the wave generator may be configured to generate microwaves at one or more microwave frequencies with Within the range of 300 megahertz to 300 gigahertz, microwaves may be directed toward a cloud to heat the water droplets, causing the water droplets to evaporate 
and be reduced in size, a.k.a. engineered drought. And we need a flying car to do this. This is like, this equates to the Brazil-sized balloons put in space proposed by the so-called climate science community or the 10 million wind-powered water pumps to put in the Arctic to pump cold seawater to the surface, which would only make the methane release even faster, or the space mirrors that the so-called climate science community says we should deploy all over space to reflect the sun. Science is absurdity at this point in so many ways, and so absurd that it makes the public all too often ignore what they can see with their own eyes, the climate engineering insanity raging in skies all over the world. And again, a major component of climate intervention operations that desperately needs to be recognized, understood, and brought to light is engineering temporary and toxic surface cooldowns, a.k.a. engineered winter. More examples. And by the way, you can search the Engineering Winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn much, much more. From electroverse.co. Snow in Saudi Arabia. Heavy flurries hit southwest China. Deadly cold wave sweeps India. U.S. sets 76 new all-time low temperature records over the past 30 days. Engineered surface cooldowns. But what else is happening? As they're cooling one place in order to steer upper-level wind currents, moisture to chemically nucleate, high-pressure heat domes are used, and that causes heating in other locations. Again, back to what I referred to earlier in this broadcast. From the LA Times, grassy slopes in the Alps, European ski slopes facing snow shortage in record warm winter. Another headline, same theme from skynews.com, satellite images show dramatic lack of snow in ski resorts as heat sets in. Europe annihilates winter warmth records. Swing the pendulum back to engineered cold from alawaba.com. Kuwait reels under rare snowfall. From that report, Kuwait is reeling under a rare snowstorm which swept across the country, disrupting traffic and forcing businesses and schools to shut down. If it's snowing in Kuwait, how could the world be warming? And that's what people think when they see a headline like this. They ignore everything else. They see what they want to see. I'm going to blaze through a few more weather warfare headlines before I run too short of time with this on-air broadcast. From iraninternational.com, 270 cities in Iran facing critical water shortage. The climate engineers control the spigot. In the case of Iran, they've been on the floor of the UN stating on the record that NATO is cutting off their precipitation. Same thing NATO is doing to many other countries around the globe, including our own, our own military involved with the cutting off of precipitation to the U.S. West. And we can speculate about agendas and objectives, but the fact that climate intervention operations have been cutting off the flow of moisture to the western U.S. for 15 years is beyond dispute. More headlines from phys.org. Climate change could cause disaster in the world's oceans, say scientists. There's no could, may, might. Is already fast-tracked to dead oceans and climate intervention operations, a massive part of this equation, destroying the ozone layer, which is releasing massive UV radiation, which is slaughtering plankton, which is killing the base of the whole food chain, which is lowering oxygen content in the Earth's atmosphere. It goes on and on. Everything is connected to everything else. From the UK Guardian, UK wildlife devastated by litany of weather extremes in 2022. Again, never a mention of a climate intervention elephant in the sky. Another headline this week, multiple sources, 2022 was the UK's hottest year 
on record. We don't hear about any of this from mainstream media in the U.S. From APnews.com, again, climate engineers control the spigot floods in the Philippines, leave 51 dead and a dozen missing. From the UK Guardian, Australia could swing from three years of La Nina to hot and dry El Nino in 2023. The pendulum swings back and forth, wreaking havoc on ecosystems, populations, and degrading the life support systems of the planet all along the way. Again, from phys.org, in Arizona, Colorado River crisis stokes worry over growth and groundwater depletion. Gross over. The current paradigm is over. It's in its death throes right now. The report says the desert aquifers contain, quote, fossil water that has been underground for thousands of years. That's what people don't understand. It can't just get a little rain on the surface and recharge these aquifers. Many of them are literally left over from the Ice Age, not coming back. A water war continues to loom over the dwindling Colorado River. That's another headline. Here's one more from this week. Same theme, ongoing. Depletion of groundwater is accelerating California Central Valley study finds. What else happens? What parts of this equation that people never even consider? I mentioned the aquifers don't get recharged, but we also have massive subsidence occurring. The entire valley floor in Central Valley subsiding, and that's contracting the aquifer below, and you can't just pump it back up. As that ground subsides, that aquifer will never hold as much water again, ever. The aqueducts that feed south through California are sinking to a point where that water sometime soon will no longer flow. It's cascading cataclysms being fueled by abrupt climate collapse, which is being radically accelerated by climate intervention operations. Over the course of the last 20 years, I've witnessed the weather makers lay waste to our formerly thriving forests from AOL.com. Fermageddon. Researchers find millions of acres of dead trees in Oregon. The report states drought-stricken Oregon saw a historic die-off of fir trees in 2022. It's the same in Northern California, exactly the same. That left hillsides once lush with green conifers dotted with patches of red dead trees. The damage to fir trees was so significant, researchers took to calling the blighted areas, quote, Fermageddon as they flew overhead during aerial surveys that estimated the die-off's massive extent. The most damage recorded in a single season since surveys began 75 years ago. The people who know the trees best say there are many signs of problems in Oregon. The scale of damage was staggering to the researchers and begs for a more thorough study. They say we don't always have the answers. Well, so they make it up as they go, don't they? They say trees are susceptible to bark beetles. But disturbances like drought, they say wildfire, windstorms can stress trees and weaken their defenses. Large numbers of dead and dying trees could allow bark beetles to lay eggs, feed their larvae, and flourish. So can climate engineering that is totally disrupting the hydrological cycle, destroying the ozone layer, which fries the foliage from the top down, toxifying soils and waters, killing soil microbiome, affecting root systems, and none of that mentioned by the so-called scientists that are paid not to know. On that exact note, the report then states scientists still only have a coarse understanding of the factors that are causing widespread die-offs. That's because their eyes are wide shut. I'm so tired 
of the cowardice and so-called academia. They need to band together, find their courage, stand up and tell the truth while it can still make a difference. The report then says the heat dome could have contributed to this year's fur die-off. That's like saying that we took fire and burnt the tree and that could have caused a problem with the tree. This is total idiocy from the so-called climate science community. The high-pressure heat domes, the rain-blocking heat domes, the climate engineering ionosphere heater-induced heat domes, that is absolutely a core part to the problem. Please check the engineering drought section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more. And again, the rain that does fall is toxic. It's not helping the trees. It only hastens their die-off. And the terrestrial forests aren't the only ones dying. From the UK Guardian, the hidden underwater forest that could help tackle the climate crisis. This is a total disinformation article, another Pollyanna fantasy, so-called solution from the so-called climate science community. The delusion that kelp forests are going to magically grow back in all the regions of the world where it previously thrived and is now gone due to increasingly incompatible conditions for kelp to grow, which is, of course, why it died in the first place. From the Channel Islands off the coast of California to the southern shores of Australia, the death and disappearance of the kelp forest grieves me to the marrow. These are massive ecosystems where they were. Because I've spent so many hours and days over the course of many years of my previous life in the kelp forests, alone and in solitude, and their demise absolutely breaks my heart. But we must fight on, so long as there's any chance of saving any part of what's left of the web of life. How is it possible that so many, even now, believe the loot, plunder, pillage, and pollute paradigm can continue indefinitely without the whole of the human race paying the ultimate consequence? And the bill is now due. The human race taken as a whole has lived as if its fate is separate from the fate of the planet, of the web of life. This is the great deception that must be shattered or the story will very soon end badly. Again, from almost 2,000 years ago, the Stoic philosopher Marcus Aurelius stated, The object of life is not to be on the side of the majority, but to escape finding oneself in the ranks of the insane. Do not act as if you were going to live for 10,000 years, but while you do live, while it is in your power, be good. Think of yourself, Marcus says, as being already dead, as if you had already lived your life. And now, take what time is left and live it properly. Question, on which hill will each of us choose to take our stand? If not a cause that holds all that matters in the balance, then what? Changes can come from the power of many, but only when the many come together to form that which is invincible, the power of one. Again, in the words of Marcus Aurelius, what we do now will echo in eternity. How can we ever know the good we can yet accomplish unless we apply ourselves fully to what desperately needs to be done? Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn specific details on how you can help to move this fight forward. Please make your voice heard. Make every day count while it can still make a difference. Until next week, stand steadfastly against the gathering storm. And remember, our will can never be taken, ever. This is Dane Wigington from geoengineeringwatch.org.